Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. What I'm trying to say here, Nick, in a roundabout way, is that you put in Case Keenum, I think you drop off. <laughs> you drop off considerably, right? You're not really, you're not one of these teams that's that's built behind this like power running game or something where the quarterback is more interchangeable. Josh Allen's injured, not practicing Wednesday. We're bringing up Case Keenum casually in conversation. Not great. Not great for Bills fans. We'll be getting into that here right off the jump. But first and foremost, it's the Bills Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by Nick Wotan, the managing editor of USA Today's Bills Wire. Nick, how you doing this week? Better than the Bills are doing. How are you doing, Ryan? Not bad. Not bad. Actually, battling some... Uh, some stuff in the in COVID in the household, not fun. It's not fun having a one year old oh, no. in daycare. Yeah, not not fun having a one year old in daycare. But we're all in the mend here. Uh, can't miss a Bills Wire podcast, so that's why I'm here, Nick. Playing a little hurt. So, As Sean McDermott would say, "You are day to day." Yeah, I I could have. I could have told you this in our preamble before the show, but I'm just throwing it at you uh, as we're recording live. So there it is. Right off the cuff here on Bill's Wire podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, we're all down bad. We're all down bad. The Bills lost to the Jets. And Josh Allen injured his elbow on, on the final possession of the game. And I think these this is a major story in the NFL. I mean, I think that's where we got to start, obviously, Nick. Uh, now, Josh Allen says after the game, there's some, quote, slight pain. And he, we'll get through it, he said, right? Uh, so even if he's limited all week in practice, I'd be kind of stunned if he doesn't play against the Vikings. Like just knowing who Josh Allen is, unless somebody can, uh, you know, the pro football doc who you were writing about on Bill's Wire this week, or if somebody can convince him that he'll threaten his career or threaten, you know, his his ability to play throughout the whole season, unless they can convince him of that, I'm, I'm sure he'll push to play. But the highlights of that hit don't look good, do they? Like you watch the highlight and it's like, it kind the arm kind of bends the wrong way at the elbow, so I am worried about his arm. Yeah, I mean, good reason to worry too, Ryan. Um, I, I, there's been so many mixed signals of of what what the situation is, and I'm gonna just you know go out on a limb and blame Sean McDermott for that because he never wants to just tell us anything. Um, so we got you know this guy saying one thing, that guy saying there might be a tear. But one of the things that I have heard this week is that it's a UCL injury, which is the injury he had as a rookie. And he missed four games. Or, of course, you know, you could pull a muscle many different times, and it could be to different degrees. So, is it the same exact thing? I doubt it. But he had a similar injury, and he missed four games as a rookie. Um, so, you know, take that for what it's worth. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're obviously, unfortunately, even though Josh Allen can, you know, walk on water and um, all that stuff in Buffalo, he's unfortunately not Dr. Joshua Allen. So he's going to want to play. I mean, Trey White probably would have played the season opener, and he has like a knee and a half. <laughs> um, you know, these guys, they want to be out there. Uh, understandably so. You know, their their competitive spirit is, is, is one of the leading things that got them to where they are in their careers, right? I mean, <laughs> I know if I had their drive, maybe I'd be in the NHL, but you know, <laughs> hockey didn't work out because I wasn't as driven as Josh Allen was to put lasers on his body over the summer and learn how to throw the freaking ball better than anybody in the NFL. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess there is something 
some concern there, Ryan, for sure. And uh, we just, it's so hard to really figure out and go through the weeds of what's going on. But I will say, though, um, the most intriguing nugget that, uh, that I saw online is uh, Tim Graham of The Athletic, uh, very well connected in Buffalo and, uh, and, and uh, usually pretty liked uh, reporter uh, in, in the Buffalo sphere, unless, unless you try to troll him on Twitter, then he gets you back pretty good. But um, he, he, interestingly, he, he, he doesn't tweet out exactly what he means, but he wrote a story about Case Keenum this offseason, and he tweeted it this week. So oh, great, great. Case Keenum being, being Allen's backup was like, hmm, okay, Tim, why are you tweeting out about Case Keenum this week? So, you know, I'm, I'm just the messenger of what happened. I don't know if that means for sure. I would say that Allen is quote-unquote limited in practice this week, and I feel like it's going to be something similar to when I was, um, you know, beat reporter on the scene every single day. You know, the, those guys do a great job out there. I don't, I'm not there every single day or anything like that. You know, I'm just, just you know, Bill's wire. Wire is we're on top of everything, and I like to think we do a, a hell of a job doing that. But I remember when the forecast for the Bills game was like, a hurricane or something coming through Buffalo and Terod Taylor would go out there and the media cameras, um, if you've ever been to NFL practice during the week, during the regular season, reporters are allowed to go up there for stretching and warmups. Terod Taylor could barely walk, but they throw him out there in that red jersey. He'd throw the helmet on and he'd throw a couple passes and his foot would be all taped up. And it was like, there's no way this guy is playing. Like I just saw his ankle go backwards last week, but you know, McDermott was like, he's the, He's day-to-day. He's day-to-day. So I can see Allen just, you know, out there doing this thing, hanging out, maybe talking. I mean, he can throw a damn football 70 yards. He's going to be able to throw, you know, play catch from eight yards away with Case Keenan without hurting himself uh, for the cameras, you know. So Sean McDermott's going to hold hold his cards close to his chest. And all I'm saying is if you're following any of these Bills reporters or anything for some inside intel, uh, good luck this week. Um, you know, they do a great job, but the Bills McDermott is not going to say anything about Allen, and it's going to be up in the air all, all friggin' week, Ryan. Yeah, no, and yeah, I'm glad you brought up Allen chucking the ball 70 yards and that heave to Gabe Davis on the final play. I mean, he looked okay on that throw, so that gives you a little hope, but you never know. Yeah, we have a yeah. photo of it, too, on Bill's wire, where it's just like he's putting, like, everything into that. I was like, damn, how is he, like, <laughs> doing that? He yeah. was just hurt two plays ago. Like you said, he does. He actually does walk on water, Nick. I don't know why you keep joking about that. Uh, so That's here's, actually true. He does walk on water. Here, yeah. Here's Go my on. fear. Here's my big fear <laughs> for the Bills. Um, now, I think in today's NFL it's good to be built like the Bills, where you're built around a superstar quarterback that gives you a chance to go win the Super Bowl. You don't want to be built like the Patriots, who have proven this year you can put in Mac Jones, you can put in Bailey Zappi. You know, we'll be talking about the Patriots here a couple times later in the season. The Patriots can put in whatever quarterback they want right now and be basically the same team in the same crappy offense. Well, you don't want to be that. Trust me, the Patriots are very good. The Bills are good. What I'm trying to say here, Nick, in a roundabout way, is that you put in Case Keenum, I think you drop off. <laughs> you drop off considerably, right? You're not really, you're not one of these teams that's that's built behind this like power running game or something where the quarterback is more interchangeable uh, or your backup quarterback is not quite much, you know, not that much of a drop off from your starter. No, Case Keenum, massive drop off from Josh Allen. So if, if Case Keenum has to play against the Vikings or more or, or longer, I worry about that. We talked to, in the last couple of weeks, we were talking about how the Bills have this great opportunity to go seize the the opportunity to go get the number one seed and go win the Super Bowl, like it's right there for him. And then this happens, you lose to the Jets, and now Allen's hurt. Like this is worst case scenario right in front of our eyes. If Case Keenum has to play, 
how much confidence do you have in the rest of the Bills operation that they'll be able to keep this thing afloat and, and not lose games because I'm not convinced they're going to be able to keep it afloat. I think the drop-off at quarterback is going to be huge, and we haven't really proven we can run the ball or do whatever on offense to like really stay afloat there. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally agree, Ryan. It's, it's going to be uh, interesting to see just how the Bills would handle that situation. Um, we were saying before we got on that I think that this is like the ideal scenario the Bills would have wanted last year when they had Mitch, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, now the backup for the Steelers. Uh, you know, he obviously uh, has his shortcomings that he lost his job there. But um, just when we're talking about playing style, you know, um, Keenum, you just think of him as that classic game managing, staying in the pocket, throwing the ball. Maybe he can move like a little bit, but Trubisky can do so a little bit more. And uh, even just in a, you don't have to change the playbook around a lot if if you're going from Allen to Trubisky, say. Now with Keenum, I think it's going to be something different. I think it's going to have to be a scenario where Ken Dorsey sits down uh, with, with Keenum and says, hey, what are you comfortable with? Give me the plays that you're comfortable with. Like, and I think that maybe could see us lead to something like, okay, Stefan Diggs is going to get his, of course. He's uh, one of the best wide receivers in the league. But do we see like an eight-catch game from Dawson Knox or something like that? Like, I think maybe the, the offense would change a little bit to something we didn't see. Are we going to see 20 carries from Devin Singletary or something? I mean, the Bills' offensive line has run blocked decently in recent weeks, but as we saw against the Jets, they've pass protected very well. So I think if Keenum came in, it would – absolutely be a scenario where it's like something is getting thrown on its head where whether it's like and I have and I'm not I'm just throwing an example out there I don't know if he throws to his tight ends a lot maybe maybe he does maybe he doesn't but I I I didn't really like the Dawson Knox extension because in my opinion he he his yards and catches aren't really there for a big deal that he got and I just don't think that that's even just on him I just think that Allen doesn't look to the tight end a lot he gets in the end zone yes but he doesn't like put up big yards but maybe that Maybe that changes now. Maybe Case Keenum is, you know, he's throwing it to him a lot or something, or they're just handing it off a lot, like getting these crazy plays in there. And um, sure, the Bills have crazy plays happen with Josh Allen, but usually it's because the six foot five linebacker throwing the ball like bounces off the three guys. And Gabe Davis is wide open. Gabe is down there somewhere, and like that's the Bills' crazy plays nowadays with, with Allen. But yeah, maybe some more trickery, something like that. So this might even be, uh, you know, people might look back on it as a Ken Dorsey or Ken Dorsey, excuse me, Case Keenum revenge game, right? He played for the Vikings and so did Stefan Diggs. But if Keenum plays, this might be like the Ken Dorsey game. Like, what is what does he do without Josh Allen? Great point. Yeah, and and you were we were talking before we hit record, and yes, Case Keenum has thrown the ball to Stefan Diggs before. He actually has a pretty famous throw to Stefan Diggs, Nick. So maybe that'll be the game plan: chuck it to Stefan Diggs and hope that good things happen. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, but it's all concerning, right? Josh Allen's arm, that thing is concerning. The, the video of it, the replay, when you look at the way his arm bent, it's concerning. Uh, Case Keenum may be playing football for the Bills this year. Very concerning. And also, like, losing to the Jets in the fashion the Bills did. Uh, not great, right? The Bills kind of got manhandled in that second half, Nick, where, you know, the defense was, was struggling with the run game. The Jets were just running it right down their throat, kind of like the Packers did. I know you have a take on that. We're going to save that for later in the, in the program. But, you know, the run defense and just the offense, though, that's where I want to focus right now. Like, Allen really struggled in that second half. The Bills only scored three points. He was sacked four times. His passer rating in the second half against the Jets was 16.7. 16.7. They couldn't get anything going on offense in the second half. Uh, and that is a division opponent. And we talked about it last week. 
yeah, the Jets are good on defense. We get it. But the Bills should still be able to handle that team. Zach Wilson and that freaking team. Like, come on. You, you should beat that team. And the Bills couldn't do it. So how concerned are you that the Bills now have kind of gotten beat up a little bit by two division opponents in close kind of down-to-the-wire games and they weren't able to pull it off, Dolphins and Jets now? I think, um, yeah, Allen is certainly a little bit concerning because not only is he kind of throwing interceptions that we would see more so in his rookie year. The he's bad doing ones, it yeah. In, yeah, he's doing it in the area of the field. If you recall, like last year, Ryan, there was that streak where it was like, Allen has thrown one or zero interceptions in the red zone in like his career. Like he just never gave it away in the, in the red zone. I mean, Sauce was Sauce Gardner's not in the, end, the red zone. Uh, it was close. Uh, I think that was Sauce Gardner. Um, the areas that the uh, that the Bills are getting these errors from, I guess, from Allen is a little bit concerning. Um, and it's even more so just not even an ability thing. It just makes you feel like so much of sports, too, is, you know, when these guys are playing well, like you see with Tom Brady, even like recent weeks when his personal stuff is all out there, like when you're not exactly confident you know it, the confidence level the confidence factor is absolutely a thing you know like like Allen just doesn't look like he's confident in him you know getting the ball in the end zone right now I mean he's he's running the ball to the end zone but other than that he's not really getting the ball in the end zone like he kind of previously was so you know um, hopefully the Bills can get his confidence up when he's out there but of course that's easier said than done with literally any athlete you know that's why sports psychology has taken off in recent years right but when you have a guy that's also injured, it might be even harder, I would I would surmise. So for me, yeah, it's just like these silly errors, especially in the red zone that, that Allen's making that we're just not accustomed to at all. Yeah, it's it's tough. It was tough to watch there in the second half. Uh it just we were hoping we wouldn't have that head scratching moment where we're like, these aren't the bills we're used to watching, and then we had that moment in the second half against the Jets. So we're gonna keep talking about it. We're gonna get into our questions of the week for Nick here coming up including where do the Bills stand on Nick's power rankings? He's going to give us that. But first, let's set our fantasy lineups with the huddle.com. This is the typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Welcome to week number 10 of the fantasy football season. I'm Corey Benini with the huddle.com here to bring you strong plays. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville Jaguars at Kansas City Chiefs. Quarterbacks have averaged just over two touchdown passes per game versus the Chiefs in 2022, and Casey has picked off only three passes. Lawrence's opponent has yielded 270 passing yards on average, and six quarterbacks have posted at least 20 PPR points against this defense. Kansas City always can jump out to a big lead, which forces more passing, but even if Jacksonville's defense does a respectable job, the offense will need to throw to keep pace. That alone makes Lawrence serviceable in a pinch. Running back Deontay Foreman, Carolina Panthers at Atlanta Falcons. Foreman had been on a tear for two weeks leading up to last Sunday when the Bengals throttled the Panthers in the first half. Negative game script worked against him and the journeyman was abandoned. He saw only 10 utilizations, 7 carries in total. This week, the incoming Falcons offer a gift of a matchup and will struggle to contain Carolina's backfield. Look into a possible return for Chuba Hubbard to cut into Foreman's workload, but the latter remains playable as no worse than a flex. Running backs have scored 6 rushing touchdowns in the last 5 games versus the Panthers, coming at the 8th highest rate. Two more touchdowns have come through the air in that time frame. Wide receiver George Pickens, Pittsburgh Steelers versus 
New Orleans Saints. There's enough upside in playing Pickens this week that he should be at least in the conversation of wide receiver three. The Steelers return from their bye week having had time to rest and prepare. The Saints have given up 11 performances of at least 10 PPR points on the year, nine of which were good enough for wide receiver three or better placement. Four non-wide receiver ones were able to score touchdowns. Pickens has at least five targets in five of his last six games, scoring wide receiver two results in a pair of those contests and number three figures in a trio of games. Tight end David Njoku, Cleveland Browns at Miami Dolphins. Njoku has missed a couple of games with an ankle injury, but he plans to play this week, so just monitor his status to be safe. The Dolphins have yielded the six most catches per game, 5.8, but only the 20th most yardage, just under 50, since week four. One in every 9.7 receptions has found the end zone in that time to create the 10th highest rate for scoring. Chicago's Cole Komet scored twice last week and became the sixth tight end to manage double-digit PPR returns on the year versus Miami. There should be healthy skepticism about Njoku picking up where he left off following the short absence, but his floor is high enough to warrant a start, even if a touchdown isn't in the cards. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522. 4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. Uh, questions of the week for Nick. Three questions that I kind of uh, make up for him. Uh, kind of on the, almost on the spot, Nick. I do have something in front of me here, but I kind of just make these up as I go. Maybe I think of something better on the fly, and then I throw it at you. You're not really prepped on these. And here's question number one. I teased it before the break, so you've had time to think about this. Where do the Bills stand on your power rankings? You used to do this for touchdown wire. You don't do it this year. You have other things that you, you've got your... Uh, you get your hands on this year, but where do the Bills stand on your power rankings NFL wide right now coming out of this Jets loss? If we're looking for an exact number, I'm going to go probably four. I probably would put the Eagles at number one. At this point, I mean, I am one of the, I don't want to say truthers out there or anything or, you know, believers that, you know, they haven't really played anyone because it's hard to win in the NFL every week, but I, I feel like they haven't had the toughest schedule so far. Um, and I think that their division is going to prove them a little bit more difficult, but I would put them at one. At number two, I find it hard not to put this upcoming week's opponent in the Vikings. Um, I mean, they lost, they lost their, correct me if I'm wrong, they lost their season opener and they have not lost since. Like, that's pretty good. <laughs> They're at least like six in a row. Like, that's pretty good. Like, I, I know they've also kind of like the Eagles been close games and that sort of thing, but. I, I mean, yeah, I think any Bills fans would take that right now, right? I mean, they're 7-1 and one right now. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then number three, I think right now, maybe the Chiefs. Um, they've won some close games. You know, they were behind last week, came back. You know, they're stocked up. Um, they still got Pat Mahomes. Looks like some things are kind of starting to, like the gears are starting to turn in the right direction with there. I know they're kind of changing the running back even, you know, finding some new pieces. It looks like uh, Juku's getting on the same page as, Mahomes looks like Travis Kelsey just is literally just Travis Kelsey. What I would have to say, he's just a beast every week. I always hit my same game parlay with the Chiefs, uh, Kelsey over 100, because the odds for some reason are great. I'm like, how haven't the books caught up yet? That he's going to get like nine targets. Right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, then I put the Bills. I mean, the Bills are still, you know, they, they've had, this isn't just me overreacting or anything to like a loss. Like, I mean, 
they looked bad against the, the Packers, too. Um, their run defense didn't look great. Allen didn't look great in the second half. They struggled again against the Jets, you know. So, yeah, I think they've fallen. Um, I, I think the Bills have steadily been, when I do the power rankings every week, um, my shameless plug of the week, uh, every Tuesday I just do the little uh, searching around the interwebs for Bills Mafia, and I look at, you know, ESPN, Touchdown Wire, USA Today, all of us, where are our power rankings putting the Bills? And for like three, four weeks in a row, I kid you not, here's, I, this isn't me being lazy. It's just me being like, this was such a good headline that I made that I have to keep using it. I would just change the week letter or number, like from seven to eight to nine, because it would be like power rankings. Bills in one, one, two position battle after week eight, after week nine, because it was always the Bills or the Eagles and everyone's a one or two. Of course, now that had to change, but um, that's just how it's been all year, right? I mean, either you like the Bills better or you like the Eagles better. Now it's, you know, now there are some some signs, but um, I mean, this is just why we love the NFL too. I mean, I'll just I'll I'll, I'll throw that in there at the end to throw uh, Bills Mafia bone. This is why we love the NFL. It's such a week to week league. The same same thing when I'm watching, like you know, I, I bring up Tottenham in my uh, favorite uh, European soccer club. It is crazy how like two weeks ago, like you are on like cloud nine. We are literally never going to lose a game, and we are the chosen ones from God. And now it is like, oh, my God, the Bills might not know how to play football anymore. <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's, insane. It's amazing. How it is ebbs and flows. Yeah, yeah, that's why we love it. That's why we love it. So, yeah, that's where I'm putting them, number, number four. Yeah, and you're, and you're picking them to lose, what, three games and getting yelled at uh, and have to explain I know. I got, the, I got the freaking wrong. I knew it was going to be a divisional game, Ryan. That's what I said. Yeah. I, I picked your Patriots. But damn, I got it wrong. It was well, you might be right about the Patriots too. From what I saw in that second half, the Pats are are better on defense this year. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I think it's an interesting question. I still think there's an argument that the Bills are second behind the Eagles um, because they did beat the the Chiefs on the road. So I don't want to like. I know that's that's the one thing with the power rankings is it's kind of you have to weigh season performance by week to week recency bias. The Bills did exactly. Beat the, See, I'm yeah, telling you, this is tough. why it would take me like three or four hours to do this crap yeah, every yeah. day. Every week. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you like, got that off I'm your like, plate. Wait, wait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, was, it was difficult. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> not easy. Mark Lane from uh, Texans, where he's he's been doing it for us this year. Touchdown wire. And I hope I hope for Mark's sake that uh, he has the better uh, com- compartmentalization than I did <laughs> because I was like, wait, no, I can't do this. And yeah, uh, yeah. So, so I mean, <laughs> the Bills, Bills are six and two. Chiefs are six and two. Bills beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. I still have them over the Chiefs, and the Vikings is is a tough one. Yeah, I mean, you have an argument with the record. I mean, the Vikings have a better record than the Bills. So if you want to say they're number two, okay, I got you. But the Bills' points differential is one hundred and two. Their points differential is plus one hundred two. They're freaking ridiculous. Uh, so I still have them. Second, maybe third, if you want to say the Vikings, but I, th- I still think the Bills are better than the Vikings, and we'll talk about that game here in just a little bit. All right, question number two for you, Nick. That one was fun. Let's see if this one is. So, the Bills, Jets, Dolphins, and Pats. This might be the best division in football all of a sudden, right? Now separated by one game in the win column. They all have six or five wins, and the Bills are 0-2 in the divisions, right? Still have a couple games against those aforementioned Patriots. Got another home game against the Jets, another home game against the Bills. So, did we get ahead of ourselves in this division, right, Nick? Did we think this would be a shoe-in for the Bills and we didn't take this division seriously and now we should stop and think and go, oh, man, Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, all three of these teams might be a problem and these teams 
could be something that could help derail the Bills in their quest this season. Were, were we not giving the AFC East enough credit, or do you think this is still the Bills division and they still you know, are the clear top tier in the division? I'm actually going to be weirdly optimistic here, Ryan, and say it's still the Bills division. Um, I think, you know, the Jets have their shortcomings with Zach Wilson. I mean, they need, I think, just things to happen for them to win. Last week, it happened to be Josh Allen playing like garbage. <laughs> you know, that they, they still need something. To, they, need, they need the special teams play to get a, get a, get a win. You know, something crazy like that. And it's a credit to them with their record. You know, their defense is very good. But I'm just talking specifically offense. Just seems like they're waiting. They're they're not waiting, or they're still not there yet. Um, yep. Yep. You know the the Dolphins have you know a very talented team too. And if, if I'm not mistaken, are they in the they're in third, right? Yeah. So it's it's um. They're yeah, still it's, technically it's, behind the Jets. Yes. 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 So I mean, you even look at that. If I'm looking on paper, I'm going the Dolphins roster is like the roster I want over the Jets. But you know the parity is just so crazy that they're technically behind you know the uh, the Jets and. And even the Patriots, like you said, their defense is coming along and, um, you know, they can figure out that quarterback situation, which, of course, is so much easier said than done. They won't. Everyone at Buffalo knows. <laughs> but um, it, it's, I think, you know, we definitely underestimated. Uh, Bills fans kind of got used to very quickly that um, kind of a little bit of the uh, maybe Tom Brady uh, 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 ripple effect, if you will. I mean, they had to deal with not having the best quarterback in the division for how many, how many years, and now they clearly have the best quarterback. So it's like, oh, yeah, we're the best, we're the best. But, you know, the Patriots let it get close some years, too. So having said that, yeah, I still think it's the Bills division. I think this week the pressure is definitely on. And if they lose, I would say then it's hugely on after that, regardless of who they play. Uh, it doesn't even matter. At that point, you know, if you're if you're losing some, some games in a row, and the Vikings are a very good opponent, so um, who, who knows? Um, but uh, – it's uh, yeah, I think then the pressure would be really on next week. You know, in terms of not, of, in terms of giving up the division, you know, all of a sudden the Bills maybe kind of were like, yeah, this is our division, but then all of a sudden maybe it's not. <laughs> you know, the um, Jets, the Jets don't play; they're on a bye, so the Bills lose. Then I think then yeah, I think if the Bills lose, and the Jets are going first, then right, but then they both have the same amount of losses, and the Jets would have a tiebreaker. Damn, the Jets leaving the AFC East. Can you imagine what the hell is going on with the world? 2020 is crazy. Not (laughs) a world I want to live in at all. The freaking Jets. Freaking Jets. I'm in a a bad mood. Bill's losing to the Jets. That's just not, this is not how I want to do my week. I hate the freaking Jets. But uh, yeah, I think it's still, I think you're right. Right now, as we talk now, it's still, it's still the Bill's division because the team that I'm worried about the most is the Dolphins because they haven't lost Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they've lost a game when Tua has been the starting quarterback. Uh, so, and, and I can't remember if they lost that game he got injured in and Teddy Bridgewater came in mid-game. But I don't think they've lost a game this year where he has started and played the whole way. So they're good. Their roster is freaking loaded. Loaded. And they added on defense at the trade deadline and offense. But they added uh, a pass rusher. What was it? It was, which one did they get? Chubb, right? Bradley Chubb is the one the Dolphins got. So, yeah, and then yeah. they extended him. Yeah, and then they extended him. So, uh, so the Dolphins are the team that scare me, but you have them at home. So, you know, in your in your game this season, so you you should have uh, the edge there uh, in that game. Uh, so, Patriots don't really scare me. The Jets, I don't think they're for real. I think they have a good defense. That's it. So, I still think it should be the Bills division. But yeah, I agree with you, Nick. If you if you don't start winning again and get back on the right track, you know, yes. The number one seed is going to be in major de- jeopardy, and even the division will be in jeopardy. 
Uh, question number three, what worries you more going forward, Nick? And this might come back. You were mentioning the Bills' run defense earlier on. What worries you more going forward, the Bills' run defense or their pass blocking? Yeah, I'm going to go with the run defense for me. Um, you know, the point I was – we were teasing earlier, uh, you know, Von Miller had that quote after the game and everyone was ha-ha laughing. He said to Aaron Rodgers, why are you guys passing the ball? Well, I think we saw last week why, the, why nobody's passing the ball to the Bills there, Von, uh, because it works. <laughs> Ryan, the ball is working against the Bills. 204 yards that the Packers had and 174 for the Jets. Um, it's just it, that's what's working. The teams are getting gashing them. Um, you know, and, and running the ball is so much more integral than, you know, any of us really think. You know, there's, you know, you hear words like gap integrity and stuff like that. You know, people got to, you know, get through their jobs. Uh, it's, it's a team defense, I mean. And, uh, yeah, they, they got to figure out something there. Um, and I think it's, um, it's kind of tough because in the past, the Bills have had the likes of, like, A.J. Klein. There's been certain games, like when the Bills would play the Titans two years ago, they would have A.J. Klein starting and they would play like in the traditional 4-3 defense kind of what I'm getting at is stacking the box against the Titans and Derrick Henry seems pretty smart you know other teams can run the ball too and you know it's tough because you know because so many teams like to spread the ball out you got Taron Johnson who's a pretty strong nickel cornerback but at the same time it's like you know then that kind of leaves Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano healthy out there out in an island you know then you have one less guy in the box it's just you know it's it's such like a tough you know that's a, that's why you don't envy the play callers in the uh, in the NFL right? I mean unless you're the thirty year old for the Colts now calling plays, which is I'm, I'm thirty. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that organization. I'm, I would steer clear. It could be career suicide. How the hell am I now? I'm two years behind. I, I should have been calling plays two years ago. Oh, you're a uh, young apparently. buck. You're only thirty two, uh, Nick. Come on. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, uh, I got. I, I'm behind though. Whatever the hell it's in the parks or something. You know, even better. God, yeah, actually, now I'm glad I brought up the Colts on this podcast. Damn, the Bills are looking pretty good right now. <laughs> I'm suddenly seeing pretty good. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, for me the run defense there, Ryan. I mean, the pass protecting, you know, you can see Josh Allen, he, he typically gets out of, of you know, uh, a lot of scenarios as we've seen a lot of improvis- improvisation from him, including the last 70-yard pass to Gabe Davis. Like, he threw that ball 70 yards with, like, Quinton Williams was chasing him. Like if Quinton Williams is chasing me, I'm like just I'm just getting away from Quinton Williams. You know, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's my concern there. Not throwing it 70 yards down the field at Soft Gardner. Like, Tom Brady would be like protecting the, the livelihood. He just dive on the ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like what is like that is insane. The more I think about it, but uh, yeah, I mean, Allen can can make that work, and um, I think maybe if the Bills even you know establish the run a little bit better, that would help. I really didn't establish run at all last week. I think I ran them all 12 total times with their running backs. I mean, when you're doing that, you're not even making the defense guess what you're going to do. You know, you're going to pass the ball and they're going to, you know, you know, put their ears back as they say, go at you. Um, I mean, you have a front like the Jets going against you. And speaking of, you're not going to go against the front like the Jets have every single week. Um, you're going to see him again, but you can make those adjustments for that time. But uh, yeah, I think, um, and, and they didn't have Spencer Brown. So that's another situation. Uh, they haven't had a starting tackle in recent weeks, uh, so there's a health issue there. But yeah, I think um, I think it's definitely the run defense, uh, Ryan, because that's um, that's just been. Why didn't we see that at the beginning of the year with the point I made too? Well, you know, the Bills' best run defense has been Josh Allen putting up 40 points on you know the Titans and whoever else. Like most teams, when they try to establish a run, you know they're not down 21 to three because Josh Allen, you know, is it's going all over. The, it's going off on you. At that point, you're like, well, crap, we got we got to get that back in this game. We can't hand the ball 
ball off. We can't be messing around with that. We got to get the get down the field. We got to get in the end zone. And then you know teams aren't running on you. So uh, yeah, it's it's just, it's just like last week against the Packers. Finally, a team was like, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to keep running it. <laughs> it kept working, and now maybe that formula's out of it. And if that formula's out, uh, that puts even more pressure on the offense. And uh, you know, it, it'd probably be much better if you just cleaned it up on defense and maybe took a little bit of pressure off your quarterback with like half an elbow. So yeah, uh, that's my long-winded answer saying the run defense, Ryan. Yeah, I think you. I think I just think you made a really good po- point, and it's a good take. Like, you know, we were wondering like, why the hell did the Packers just keep handing it off? Like they were behind in that second half. And the game was getting close, but they just kept handing it off. Even in the fourth quarter, handoff, handoff, handoff. Why? Well, because that, you know, Von Miller can't do his amazing pass rush moves and get to the quarterback and wreck the game and do a strip sack. He, I mean, he almost wrecked the game again because he had a strip sack of uh, Zach Wilson, right, in this game? Yeah, yeah. But, and I, I think, too, it's going to be interesting to see when the Bills play a team. Even like the Vikings this week, right? I mean, they have a good rushing attack that they can lean on. They have Delvin Cook, not the lead into this discussion too early here, Ryan, but against Aaron Rodgers, we forget too, yeah, they ran the ball, and yeah, Aaron Jones beat the crap out of the Bills defensive front, but, he, you know, that did kind of open things up down the field, right? Aaron Rodgers did have that bomb for a touchdown in the second half, so the Bills didn't really look like they were expecting the Packers to be passing the ball in that in that scenario too, so, yikes. Wow, yeah. it's run defense. They, they so again, you, run defense, <laughs> They lull you to sleep. Yeah, that's it. Like, so yeah, it, it negates the great pass rush the Bills have built. Uh, and the Bills are having a hard time stopping it. And then you look at this Jets game, and on the game deciding drive, the go ahead drive in the fourth quarter, the Jets ran it down your throat on a thirteen play, six minute drive uh, that put the Bills behind. So uh, yeah, no, I think I think it is the run defense. We'll have to be we'll have to watch that going forward, and and hope that doesn't manifest itself into a major problem. But we keep mentioning the Vikings. How do we feel about this team? The spread uh, has been in the Bills' favor. They are at home, but it's been mo- the line's been moving because Josh Allen has an elbow injury, and we're really not sure if he's going to play. We'll tell you how much the line has moved and make a pick right after we hear from the Bet Slipping Podcast. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, everyone. This is Nathan with the Bet Slipping Podcast. Be sure to check us and our sportsbook provider, Tipico Sportsbook, out. Tipico Sportsbook is a global sports betting leader and is now live in New Jersey and Colorado. You can make your favorite sports more interesting with Tipico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users from our Bet Slipping Podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply, and you have to be 21 plus. If you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler for New Jersey or 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. All righty, let's move on to Sunday night football. It is the Chargers visiting the 49ers. The Chargers are plus seven, which means they are the underdogs. So the Chargers and Herbert are getting healthier. Herbert's ribs are getting healthier, and they are 4-0 on the road this season against the spread, and they are 1-0 as an underdog. The San Francisco pass defense has regressed and ranks 40, or 22nd, an opponent's completion percentage. Expect Herbert to have his way and back the Chargers at plus seven. That was your typical sportsbook minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. Uh, Nick, the Bills right now, as we speak, on Wednesday, 
are four-point home favorites against the Vikings, who, are, you know, as we've kind of been alluding to, they have playmakers all over the freaking field, right? We're going to get into that. They come in with a 7-1 record, but they're still four-point dogs heading to Buffalo. But actually, yesterday, when I was, like, doing some prep work for the show, it was 5.5. So I don't even know where this line opened, to be honest with you. Um, it could have opened at, like, even b- above that, like 6, 7, who, kn- who knows? But all I know is that the line has been moving in the Vikings' favor. Right now, it's at Bills minus 4. But uh, even if... Allen doesn't play in this game and, and you and I both have a, a feeling that he's going to because he's Josh Allen and he's psycho and again right after he hurt his elbow and he was flexing it and holding it he chucked the ball 70 yards people like you know he's not human so he'll probably play unless they can convince him that he's going to jeopardize his career or the entire season he's going to play so you might be able to get the bills at a really good price here even if the line climbs you know goes down to three and a half or three like, so what do you think about the Bills at this number, though? Four-point home favorites against the Vikings. Now they've lost a game to the Jets, and they're going to be pretty angry. They're going to want this one. Should we think about betting the Bills here? Yes, and I found my answer that I was looking for. <laughs> yes. Uh, two days ago, some Twitter account, Super Book Sports. Oh, wow, they follow me. Cool. Um, <laughs> and they have 25K followers, so I guess they're legit. Look at you. Um, Wake I know. Look at me, big time. Um, yeah, no, I I set off the air. Like uh, I think uh, I thought my and it could have been maybe I read the tweet wrong or maybe I couldn't find the tweet. But uh, uh, my buddy Nick Veronica used to work for the Buffalo News. Now he's at WIVB TV. Um, their digital writer in Buffalo um, swore he tweeted something about the Bills being a nine-point favorite over the Vikings before the Jets game, or at least when it opened. But according to the Super Sportbook, that is the truth. It was nine built by crap, nine, nine at one point. Wow. That was the, and that was the same as, or nearly the same as, um, let me find it here. The Chiefs are playing who? I think the Jaguars, maybe? Um, yeah, Chiefs and Jags nearly had the same spread. Yeah, the Chiefs were nine, opened as nine and a half point favorites at home against the Jaguars. And the Bills were nine point. Man, it was a great time to get the Vikings. The Vikings at seven and one were almost the exact same spread as the Chiefs hoping the friggin' ja- hosting the freaking Jaguars. Uh, no it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and the Chiefs man, are still that, nine and a half point favorites as we speak right now. The Chiefs. So that line hasn't really moved, but the Bills one has yeah. moved considerably. Five and a half points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think at that at that price, um, I, I'm I'm anxious to jump on it now. I mean, uh, I. Pardon me, Ryan. It's down to four, four and a half. Four even right now as we speak. Four even. Yeah, I mean, I'm even anxious to watch that get under maybe three and end up it being like two and a half. I mean, I would jump on that right away for the Bills. I mean, because Allen, you just kind of never know. I mean, of course, you're probably going to wait until the end of the week and just kind of, you know, once the Bills rule Josh Allen is questionable, it God knows is going to happen with Sean McDermott. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's a. Uh, that's a that's a that's some line there uh, with with the Bills are moving on that. I mean, you see how much one player can affect the game. But I think I would take the Bills step right. I think that would be my best this week. Is, uh, Allen downplayed the situation, and I think that the Bills aren't in like a must-win mode, but they're definitely in like a curious mode of wanting to definitely win this game. And not that you don't want to win every game, of course, because there's like so many different layers to it, right? And especially. It's kind of funny, too. This is one of the layers. You know, the Vikings are technically an NFC team. You want to be the AFC team, a conference team, a divisional team, even more. But even even so, I mean, the Bills probably want to send some freaking shockwaves right now from across the NFL and say, hey, last week, you know, we, we lulled ourselves to sleep. And they probably are thinking we want to put up, a, you know, 
a 30-40 burger on the Vikings. And that's not to say the Vikings are bad or anything. I'm just saying the Bills are still a pretty good team, and they probably want to win by a pretty hefty margin and show some people wrong here. So I, I, I would, yeah, I would take the Bills. And my advice this week, which, as of course we always preface, the incorrect advice that I'm probably giving right now, um, as, as my tough week, the only bet I won last week, I lied that the Chiefs down, but all my like normal bets lost last week. Uh, typical rinse and repeat every week for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, my uh, my my thought would be watch the Bills, watch for it to go down a little bit more. I mean, it's already down to four. That's crazy. That's crazy. That, that's like you don't see a drop like that often for the people who aren't really into wagering. That's, that's a, a big drop off right there. And so I would maybe wait for it to keep going down and then maybe see what happens. Um, you know, uh, as the weekend unfolds and we get closer to Sunday. Because, like I said, I think the Bills have a lot to prove to the NFL and to prove to themselves, to be to be quite frank. I mean, we talked about the run defense. We talked about the offensive line. And we, we barely even really talked about how, you know, we haven't seen a lot from Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox and Isaiah McKenzie in recent weeks. It's kind of just in the Stefan Diggs show. So, of course, that, you know, goes along with Allen. But, um, yeah, the running game, so many things to prove for the Bills and against a good opponent. I think maybe they might overlooked the Jets a little bit last week. That can happen, uh, you know, as much as we want to say they're paid professionals. Those things do happen in sports. But when a 7-1 team is coming into your house, like, you're you're not overlooking them at all. You're taking this game seriously. You want to defend your turf, Bills at home. You don't see a lot of Bills, bills spreads like that in this, this day and age. So, I, yeah, I would, I'm definitely looking. I'm excited to keep watching that one throughout the week. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and I know for, like, for people that bet for fun like we do, like, we're not betting for a living here right so uh people that bet for a living are jumping on those lines that first come out right the opening lines and they're they're all over it and they're scouting different sports book obviously we get our odds from the typical sports book but you can you know you can get odds from all kinds of different sports books and you can do it on your phone and people do that you'll look for the best odds you'll whatever uh so I understand that people that do this for a living will jump on the line early. People that do it for fun are, are probably more apt to wait for the game to get closer to kickoff, Nick. But if Josh Allen is announced as active, I'm sure the line will move in the Bills' favor um, a few points, right? It, it could go it could go back up a few points. So uh, because, again, as you said, which is – that was a great – I'm glad you got that because I wasn't sure what that number was – Nine points, nine point favorites before the Bills played the Jets. Nine points, so the the line has moved five points just with the uncertainty of Allen. So that tells you something right there. That's that's value, especially if the line goes down, as you said. And yeah, the Vikings are a team the Bills have to take seriously. Kirk Cousins is playing pretty well, but he's still Kirk Cousins. But still, he's playing he's playing okay. And a big reason why he's playing okay is because he has Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. They recently acquired TJ Hawkinson, who's a pretty good tight end for Detroit, right? They got weapons all over the field. Yes, Dalvin Cook, James Cook's uh, older brother. We'll have to be watching that. The cook, the cook off. Nick, oh, that's a good one for you. You could steal that if you that want. That is a good one. That is Damn. a good one. That is what a good the one. Hell, I already posted. Damn, Ryan, I, I already posted the storylines this week. Uh, All right, I'm going to go change it later. The, the, the cook-off. Oh, man, that just came <laughs> yeah, to me in the moment. The that was good. That was good. That was a good one. Uh, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, so... They have all these great players, and you got to take the Vikings seriously. But I go back to point differential, right? So it's just the difference between your points scored and your points allowed. The Vikings at seven and one have a point differential of plus thirty-two. So they've scored one hundred and ninety-three points, and they've allowed one sixty-one. What does that tell you? They play in a lot of close games, right, Nick? 
They played a lot of close games. They haven't scored yes, that sir. much more than they've allowed, but they're seven and one. How sustainable is that? I'm not sure. The Bills, meanwhile, again, one oh two. So I think that shows you the difference between these two teams in terms of, you know, how they've played. So now that's not taking schedule strength of schedule and all that into account. I'm just giving you the raw data there. But the Vikings feel like a team that might not be a real seven and one. You know what I mean? Maybe they're closer to a to a six and three or something like that. Or, you know, something like that. So my math is all over the place here. I know. Don't make fun of me too much. But what I'm saying is you get the bills out of value. Maybe you should go and bet it. So I'm with you, Nick. And, I, and, and I've been horrible at betting the bills all season long. I, I've, I bet them last week against the Jets. So I'm, I'm all over the place here. And it was looking good because the bills had a lead in that game. But anyway, I digress. I think you're getting a great value with the bills. And especially because Josh Allen might actually play in this game. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think it's a good value, and I, I think that I'm probably going to hop all over it, depending on how the week unfolds. Of course, I just mean by if they move the needle on a spread. We know that, again, the Bills are not going to tell us a single thing about what's going on behind oh, that's closed what, doors. I'm guessing um, that's, what, that's what happens on Bills Wire the rest of the week, right? You're just going to be reading between the lines of every you know, non-answer that Josh, uh, Sean McDermott gives us about Josh Allen. Correct. Correct. That is exactly what we're doing. But um, uh, yeah, no, I think it uh, certainly is going to line up to be a fun game. And, you know, the Bills being at home, I think, makes a difference as well. Because, you know, once you get down to near three points, it's almost it kind of stays like a pick game, right? You know, the home team kind of gets two, three points of, a, of an egg um, in the sports book. So, yeah, that's kind of what we're getting down to. So the Bills, we don't really see too many pick But before we uh, wrap up the podcast, I do want to say, the Bills are going to welcome Harrison Phillips back into town. The old defensive tackle, very beloved by Bills Mafia. So I'm actually looking forward to that. See how he's going to feel like he's going to get out there a little bit early for warmups and uh, you know interact with fans. Because Bills fans uh, love that guy. Uh, <laughs> you don't see often when a guy signs with another team and he goes, "Well, maybe this isn't the end of the story." You know, like I still might want to come back to Buffalo. You know, I just need to get my I needed to get get my uh, paycheck over here in Minnesota. Uh, but uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be pretty cool to see him back. It's uh, I feel like you see it more, again, bringing up like European sports, like, you know, they kind of appreciate their former players and what they had done. I feel like more in, in North America, a guy leaves and he's like, oh, screw him. He's on another team now. But uh, yeah, I said that'd be cool to see Harrison Phillips back, uh, you know, his uh, his ties to the Bills. But uh, hopefully he had a horrible game on Sunday. Uh, sorry, sorry, Harry. <laughs> yeah, I think you wrote about that in your, uh, what, what was it? What was the article that posted on Bills Wire kind of midweek? It was seven storylines to watch Bills Vikings. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, seven storylines. Yeah, that was actually right along with the, the now called cookout. Um, the cookoff, yeah. Uh, section, cookoff, yeah, the cookoff, yeah. That's uh, that's right in the same section. That oh yeah, they're playing. You know, Diggs is playing his former team and the Cook brothers, but also horrible Harry's back in town, which is uh, yeah. So by the time people hear this and they go to Bill's wire, they can check and see if I uh, change it to cookoff, which <laughs> will happen. Believe me, you have you have uh, free reign. You don't have to give me credit if you don't want, Nick. That's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, I'm just proud of myself for coming up with that in uh, in real time. So uh, for Nick Woten, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. Hit subscribe if you could and tell a friend if you enjoyed the podcast. Let people know about it. We're doing this every week. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week to talk Bills Vikings and what happens in that game and, and where the Bills are. I mean, back-to-back losses would really change our tone, Nick, from where we were a couple weeks ago. <laughs> we would be in quite quite a pickle uh, because I was, I was just you know, screaming into the mic Super Bowl two weeks ago. So boy, would I have some egg on my face if I'm like walking that back after back-to-back losses to Jets and Vikings. 
Yeah, hey, gotta, gotta love the NFL. It's it's wild, man. It is wild. Uh, yeah. So for Nick, I'm Ryan. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.